0: Welcome back to the Quiet On Set podcast powered by Cinnamon. I'm Ewan Graf and as always, I'm joined by Lachlan Healy.
1: This week we have a lot of news, but a lot of it has come from the DCEU in this mm. basically explaining what's going forward from here. We'll get to that in just a minute.
0: Well, uh, we took off last week and I went on a rampage Watching so, so, so many films. So uh, I will be going over the rom-coms I watched. All of, I guess, M. Night Shyamalan's filmography in preparation for Knock at the Cabin. And I also played the new Hogwarts Legacy game. I'll be talking about that. And Lachlan went on a camping trip, as, he, as you might be able to see. He's a bit more red in certain spots than he usually is. Uh, On his pale self. Yeah, thank you for that demonstration. You're welcome. And uh, you watched some Oscar shorts as well, so we'll be talking about that in what we've been watching.
1: Yes, I did. And today's main topic is The Whale. It finally released here in Australia. I've never been able to see it before last Mm -hmm. week, and I've got some thoughts on it. And finally, Ewan's going to share a lot more of his, and we're going to have a bit of discussion about it. So that's our main topic today.
0: So let's cue up the intro and get into the show
1: we are Seriously. professionals this is, this is a professional podcast yeah breaking
0: bad and better Call Saul. hello there <laughs> which actually did you get on a hat be a as bit... well um
1: yes so i've got dune cam <laughs> it's just a camera <laughs> with my dune steelbook all right welcome back
0: uh lachlan um before we jump into uh the show today i just want to remind people again that link below uh you can participate in our oscar prediction contest you can win a year of letterbox pro for free if you end up winning the contest we'll be doing uh, a bunch of content around the oscars closer to when they happen on march 12th so until then on march 11th i think is the deadline you can submit your prediction sheet it's really easy just fill it out there and you're automatically participating in that but uh lachlan it's been a big week <laughs> a big week yes. off as well for us we're uh-huh. really behind on the news uh but yeah, th- there's there's so, so much stuff to ca- catch up on. Uh do you want to jump straight into those uh news Please, items? Please,
1: let's just do it. Let's just do it.
0: Let's get into the, the not so quick news today. We'll be here for an actual while, but um I'll rather view some of the more headlining news items today. Uh Avatar was still tracking its box office number. It's creeping in on Titanic, but that movie is getting a re-release this week. Uh, as well as is already out in theaters, uh, probably worldwide for a lot of places. So it's it's probably adding another like fifteen to twenty million dollars, I assume, to its box office run, uh, to its box office total. Uh, but Avatar Two is also closing in. So by the time this episode comes out, maybe there is like there's it's a horse race, you know, it's it's really uh paper mm. thin, um, by a hair, maybe uh one will surpass the other, and regardless. <laughs> James Cameron will have four of the uh, three of the four uh, highest grossing movies of all time, so props to him. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, which of his movies takes the cake. Uh, there's also news in um, the Disney corner. They had uh, in an earnings call or whatever I don't know shareholder call. They shared that uh, they had a subscriber loss of 2.4 million. Um, now there's a lot of factors that kind of uh, went into this. I think they haven't had like a big hitting show in the last couple of months uh but also i think internationally they lost the rights to um stream cricket uh which i assume in certain markets was really big there's a lot of factors that go into it and uh you know um now that another bob is back bob Iger took over from uh, bob Chapek. um there, there were some announcements made that uh, there's a bunch of sequels coming for some of the animated films uh, for Pixar. Uh, Toy Story 5 was announced as well as uh, in the Disney uh, animated front with Frozen Free and Zootopia 2. Now, Lachlan, chime in here. What, what do you think about those announcements for, for those sequels?
1: I mean, it's pretty obvious they want the money and they've decided yeah. to find... What is the IPs that make us the most money if we make a sequel? Uh, uh-huh. And I think for one out of all of the news, I think Zootopia Two is pretty wicked because I actually yeah. enjoyed Zootopia. I thought the jokes uh-huh. landed, and I thought it was quite fun and original. Um, but and to pump out fo- Frozen, basically, yeah. Um, but no, to pump know. out Frozen yep. Three, you can clearly see they're they're in desperate need of money. Mm. Um, and Toy Story Five, I could you know. To pump out Frozen Three, as I said, your desperate need for money, but to beat a dead horse with Toy Story Five. Yeah. It's it's a bit much. Like they wrapped it up mm-hmm. really well with Toy Story Four. So yeah. look whatever they plan on doing, hopefully it's worth it instead of just trying to make it a money grab. But Yeah. You know, I I, I want more Star Wars, they give me more this.
0: <laughs> I mean, they also are doing a bunch of new Star Wars. I think they're doing other stuff
1: at Star Wars as well. Of
0: but... the Bad Batch, I think just released or is coming out soon. I saw something about that. I haven't caught up with those shows. But I mean, you can see it with Frozen uh, too. I think that made more than the original. I think it made like $1.6 billion. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think also Zootopia crossed a uh, billion dollars at the box office. So, you know, there's um, also the Zootopia plus. Things that they made, like a little shorts uh, tied into that brand. So they're definitely building uh, that stuff out. And you can suspect there's going to be more stuff. Like, I assume there's probably going to be another Cars film at some point. I feel like they're definitely going to get back to to Cars at some point. Uh, But I'd love to see more original stuff. And I mean, they're they're doing that with, I think, Elemental later this year. And uh, yeah, hopefully... A bit of a return to form, although I, I'm not too excited to see yet another entry on in otherwise pretty well-closed-off uh, uh, storyline in Toy Story. But that's that. Uh, Spider-Man is also getting another show. Uh, maybe you remember in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, there was, what, there was Nicolas Cage's uh, character, uh, Spider-Man Noir. Well, that character is getting a live-action series over on Prime Video. Uh, Apparently, there's some kind of production going on. For those of you who don't know, uh, Sony has still the rights to Spider-Man. And although although Spider-Man is in the MCU, that's just licensing. And they are pretty much free to license these characters out to whatever studio they want to. And here they're working with Amazon. Um, And apparently, Lorda Miller, the producers and directors behind uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, are also producing this show so i'm i'm anticipating it it's interesting because it's live action like what do you make of this
1: very keen very keen it looks looks quite oh, looks quite cage. interesting
0: i mean I, I don't think nicolas cage will return to reprise his role here but i mean maybe maybe oh. one can dream well, i don't know who's playing it i fucking hate this show <laughs> you just want nick cage in it i understand i, I mean they, they could certainly get him i feel like that's not like outside of the realm of the possibilities you know mm,
1: i don't know he's a bit of a celebrity these days he's only doing very yeah. indie style films such as playing dracula and himself
0: yeah renfield so later pretty this difficult year. to yeah yeah renfield mm-hmm. later this year Uh, I mean, there's there's a show that uh, you've been watching that also, in a spinoff, this is a a wild tie over, has a big movie star that is on the smaller screen. So, it's like, that can certainly happen. But Harrison Ford in 1923, that new series, that's a spinoff of Yellowstone. That brings me to my point. Yellowstone is ending in its next season, apparently. uh, What? And is going to be replaced, I guess, in a sense, with a, like... I assume more streamlined current time, um, prime time show for Yellowstone, led by Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> so hey 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 hey. Wow. All right, all right, all right. All <laughs> Wouldn't
1: right, you like right, to see right. that?
0: Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I haven't, wait. I haven't seen a single episode of Yellowstone, although I might dive in at some point. And I know you've been catching up with it. So uh, what do you think yeah. of this
1: news? I mean, I. <laughs> If it's going to be much of the same, I mean, I haven't seen the spin-off yet, but uh, yeah. if it's going to be the same as Yellowstone, I don't know if I'm in because mm-hmm. the story kind of just gets a bit meh. Crazy. It's almost the same thing each season. It's kind of just, mm-hmm. you know, ah, oh, I accidentally murdered this person, helped me cover up the body. And yeah. then it's like, I'm going to get my son to do all the hard work and my other son, who's a lawyer to save me from the government. It's just, it's just, it's a lot of the same with Yellowstone, but it's so fucking good. I don't know what it is. It's so (laughs) fucking good that I just keep watching it. Um, look, uh, the leading, like, uh, Kevin Costner is is excellent. And and that's Mm -hmm. the main reason I keep going back is Kevin Costner is really good. Matthew Mm -hmm. McConaughey is also very good. So if they give him a good character and he makes this good character, and one of my favorite miniseries—I mean, it's not really a miniseries anymore—is anymore, um, uh, *True Detective*. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey's in that. I'd mm-hmm. love to see him delve into a character similar to *True Detective* and just embrace it. So, I yeah. mean, I'm I'm keen to see Matthew McConaughey back on the TV screen.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe this is like some kind of uh, negotiation as well, where like, uh, you know, one character—who's uh, who, the lead again? Kevin Costner, right? In the Kevin original. Costner. Like, he he's a movie star. He was in Dances with the Wolves. <laughs> Dance with Wolves? I don't know. That Avatar prequel. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's, um, yeah, maybe. Maybe this is the last season. I feel like uh, after, like, the fifth season of a show, that's usually, like, the, the last point where a show really gets to be good. Um, And then we kind of should go for an end point. So it might be better for the show overall. But I could also see that, like, this is... Um, that that we get a surprise and this actually gets uh, renewed for a bit longer because it's not I I think finalized yet that the show really is ending and I think it's what is it on right now? On season 5 right now or season 6?
1: Yeah season 5 and then season 5. The rest of season 5 comes out like later this year so yeah.
0: Yeah. Well yeah that's that. Uh, I I might catch up with it although uh, we'll get to it in what we've been watching but I I binged through a 7 season show over the last like 15 days maybe i don't know why i did it i was what just sick want? <laughs> yeah <laughs> no i will not leak just yet uh but um yeah there's there's a few other news items here before we get into well actually just one other uh, is it on
1: what you've been watching yeah it listed, is have
0: you? i don't know Just i don't know if i listed it all there's there's a lot of stuff Luckland can't wait uh but um amc the biggest uh movie chain over in the states uh announced that in um, the future or already in some locations in, I think in LA and New York and some other places as well, uh, they're going to have varying ticket prices depending on the seating area. So front, not front and center, but I guess center in the middle, the best seats are going to come with a premium charge. Then there's a lot of like normal seats and the ones at the edge and at the front uh, will be at a discounted rate. Um, and I guess for for the AMC Plus, I think it's what it's called, AMC A-List. Uh, you yeah, know, AMC A-List is uh, the their subscription service or whatever. Uh, those premium seats will come with no surcharge. And um, I don't know. on uh, what what do you think about this? Because I, I know in some places internationally, uh, cinema chains already operate in this way that some seats are more expensive than others. But this is definitely like the more, most aggressive way of just having like, okay, in the middle of it. You know, sometimes there's like, different extra seats that are just more comfortable or supposed to be more comfortable or like there's, a, there's an upper area that is like, I don't know, there's like two stories to a cinema screen or whatever, but what do you make of this?
1: Um, I get the point. I, I totally do. It's kind of the similar thing where different cinema experiences are more or less expensive. So just like the standard screenings, then you have the bigger Dobby yeah. Atmos theatres, then you have like Gold Lounge, so on and so forth. Um, the particular movie chain that I go to here in Perth was the local one. And I say was Mm -hmm. because unfortunately it's shutting down due to the past few years of COVID just didn't really make it that successful. But the great thing I enjoyed about it was there was no selective seating. It's kind of just get a ticket and go in. So the fun part of that is I would go there early to make sure I get a good seat. Uh, mm-hmm. I wasn't you know, booking seats in advance because I don't want to deal with that whole, I was booking this seat. So either way, at the end of the day, I understand the point is that the greatest cinema experience is smack bang in the middle. But yeah. at the same time, I wouldn't mind paying cheaper tickets for movies I already know Ewan has told me is going to be a little bit on the shit side. And I yeah. can just go sit in the bottom right corner and just watch just it there dip for like there. five bucks. <laughs> so if I yeah. can get the front row seat for $5, and all of a sudden no one goes into that cinema, which is very common, right? Very Mm -hmm. common for me to sit in a cinema and there's nobody else. I would happily pay $5 for the cheapest ticket and just wait for the movie to start and then move into the good part.
0: Exactly. I feel like that's... Ultimately, I think the goal here is to get more onto the A-list subscription-based thing for cinemas because maybe that's the way forward of getting a sustainable... Income, um, that's you know, like they still pay for the tickets, but they are also incentivized to come there more often. I don't know what is exactly you get with AMC A list. I think you get to see a couple of uh films a month, and I think they have like different seating in certain cinemas as well, like uh premium seats. Um, but but yeah, I, I mean it's it's one chain, the biggest chain that's always criticized for having a pretty shitty cinema experience overall, and uh, what you said, like, that there's no ticket, uh, there's, no, there's no reserved seat reservations. That's the same way we do it at, at the theater that I work at. And, um, yeah, just people show up early if they want a specific seat that they really want. And then, then they're there, they consume a bit more. Overall, it's a really good, uh, I think, thing for smaller uh, theaters, but I guess it doesn't work on, on the bigger scale when people want to, um, you know, reserve tickets for really anticipated films. Um, mm. but yeah, that's that. Uh, I got a bit of insight there, I guess, from, uh, the international theater space and, uh, me working in one as well. It's interesting that like, uh, that, that yours did that as well. Uh, so it's not just a thing that, that is like an out that we're a bit of an outlier for that, like not having mm. reserve tickets ourselves, but that's, that's more than enough for all of our other news items. Let's dive into the biggest, uh, the biggest thing that happened uh well over a week Huge. now. We're really late here, but uh Peter Safran and James Gunn announced the upcoming uh DC uh DC EU. No, it's DCU, wow. not DCEU anymore. Uh the DC Universe slate with the first chapter of Gods and Monsters, uh, which will have a whole bunch of uh series and TV shows, I think ten in total, five series, five movies, um and then a bunch of uh legacy uh films that still come out under the title of Elseworld. So let's uh, have a look at these. We still have a couple of films that are from the old regime that are set to come out. So I'll put up the the uh, slate here right now, but first um in just a couple of weeks we get the Sequel to the Shazam Fury of Gods heading over into the early summer season on June 16th. The Flash, uh, which I think is a Flashpoint movie, is set to come out. And apparently, I mean, from what they've said, this movie is, is pretty good. They, they are really proud of it, unlike Bad Girl, that they had to shelf. And I think James Gunn also said it was unreleasable. It would have hurt the people involved if it had released. So. I guess he's really backing the decision uh that they made uh higher up there to can it and shelve it, but um flashpoint is gonna be a uh universe reset for the d c u and then uh we also got blue beetle blue beetle, which is a movie I haven't heard like anything about since it it, it was in production. Mm. I don't know if you have seen anything from it yet nothing, nothing right
1: nothing. nothing and
0: then aquaman uh the last kingdom will uh close out the uh, I guess the era of uh, pre-saffron uh, and uh, gun uh taking over the DC universe, and uh, yeah, there might be some changes that come to Aquaman as well after this universe reset that happens in uh, the Flashpoint movie. But after that, Lachlan, um, there's ten things that come out uh, on the movie side. Mm. We get a we get a Superman film, we get a Batman film, uh, we get one that, that's called the Authority, which I know nothing about. Uh, Swamp Thing and a supergirl movie so out of those those five uh what what stands out to you the most what are you anticipating the most uh,
1: probably like the authority right because it's I, the most different i, I one. know nothing about it yeah and what i know what james gunn can do is find a a group of characters that no one knows about and makes them the most popular set of characters in that entire universe. I'm talking about Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy.
0: He yeah. could possibly
1: do the same thing with these guys here mm-hmm. and that kind of sounds exciting. Um at least from my knowledge, the Authority is like a a group of heroes that are like n- anti-heroes, I guess. Um yeah. which sounds super exciting. So yeah, that that's probably going to be the that's going to be the one that takes my cake. <laughs>
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean it looks quite interesting. What what I didn't mention yet is that, like the movies that are already in production like uh Joker 2 and Batman 2. Uh they are still mm. well, they're Batman 2 is is still happening The Mad Reefs and uh what's the other guy's name, The Hangover director? Uh You can help me out here. Joker Fully Other uh, directed by yes. Todd Todd B- Fields? No. Nope. Phillips. Is it Phillips? Nope. Todd Phelps, Tom Phelps, nope. uh, he's a swimmer. No, it's it's Todd, Todd Phillips. Phillips. I I was so close. I was so close. Anyways, I no to my celebra. brain. Yeah, uh, I I don't want to think about him too much. Uh, but that movie uh is coming out uh next year um in October, uh, and then the Batman is slated for October in 2025. But we are also getting another Batman film set within the DC Universe film, um, Batman Brave and the Bold, uh, seeing an, I guess, older Batman with his kid. Uh, I think Damien is what, what he's called. He's a Robin. Um, and yeah, I, I'm not too familiar with the comics or any adaptations maybe on the animated front uh, when it comes to that character, but some people were really stoked about it. Um, so I'm looking forward to that one. And then the Superman film, uh, Superman Legacy, Will be directed by James Gunn as well and is currently slated for July 11th, 2025. So, not too far off. And I guess one of the things that they uh, made a point to emphasize on is that they won't shoot, start shooting uh, these films before the script is all done. And I mean, usually that should be a given. Uh, there might be some rewrites that happen a- as you shoot, but uh, a lot of the times uh, for other productions, they just went into production, not really having a finalized script ready and that just made everything really messy and I mean the result speak for uh, speaks for itself so if you've seen some of the the films that came out uh, of recent years from d c they weren't as coherent um but yeah the the swamp thing I don't know if you've watched the t v show I haven't uh James Mangold I think is maybe taking on the directing um over for that film, and then Superman Woman of tomorrow is apparently a bit of a, like a darker story because uh, she basically stands uh, s- uh, stays on Kryp- Krypton, right? This is home planet uh, and watches pretty much everyone die there that she knows survives and then comes to Earth. So I think her story will be a bit of a contrast to, uh, I guess, the Superman legacy story. And I think it's another origin story for that character as well. I don't know where we'll jump in with Superman, but that's it on the film side. Um, Less exciting stuff, I'd say, overall on the series. But, I mean, that's just kind of the goal. You go a bit smaller scale. Uh, we do get a lantern show, uh, lantern show, green lantern show that apparently is inspired by True Detective. Uh, so that sounds promising, right? Yeah.
1: This is what I'm most <laughs> excited for. I'm exactly, so fucking yeah. excited for this one.
0: This, yeah, it, it's also one of the ones that, that I'm looking forward to the most. I'm a big fan of Batman. So on the movie side, I think that's it for me. But on the TV side... Like, no contest here. I'm also the most excited for Lanterns.
1: Give me Buddy Cop. Give me Buddy Cop Green Lantern right now.
0: (laughs) Yes. Uh, There's also a show that James Gunn has written uh, following Rick Rick Flagg uh, Sr., the the father of Rick Flagg from the uh, the, the, the Suicide Squad movies. It's an animated show called Creature Commandos. Uh, In the same universe, we get Viola Davis back as Amanda Waller in the show Waller. Uh, There's Paradise Lost, uh, set, I guess, on the island where Wonder Woman grew up. Um, No details there, I think, yet beyond that. And then Booster Gold, which I think is a superhero time traveler from the 25th century that travels back to the 21st. And that's all the stuff I know about Booster Gold. But I think we're in agreement here we can agree that The Lantern Show is definitely the one that we are, we are most anticipating. 100%. But apart from Superman Legacy, we don't have release dates for any of these uh, shows and films yet. But I assume they're probably going to start coming out. I mean, that's why, like, uh, you know, I think at the earliest 2025 is when we can expect most of them. Um, but, but yeah, until then, we have a bit of a... I mean, they got four films this year next year they probably want want to have more than just a to- Joker film that's like an elseworld mm. property. They they probably want something to come out in 2024 that's in the Gods and monsters uh lineup, but we'll see uh, what ends up happening. Uh but yeah, that's that's pretty much that. Uh I think what well, what do you think about this overall? Do you think uh you know they, they also said that this is like not the Dude. whole thing that they have planned, right? They got way more um as well. So I mean, yeah,
1: I'm not, I mean, I'm just, I'm done with superhero stuff overall. Mm -hmm. I don't want, I mean, I'll watch it. I just don't want as much of it. It just seems to be just like in your face. It's kind of like Westerns. Westerns were just everywhere at one point and now it's just superhero movies at one, like all the time. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I'm not for, for it. I'm not against it. I definitely think it's a better, better way to go forward than what DC was already doing. I think yeah. having this is way more focused, uh, mm. but also it's not the same thing that Marvel's doing. It's not a cinematic universe. It seems to be a mm. a smash of, hey, look how many cool concepts and different worlds that we've got. So, um, yeah, I can definitely see Aquaman being a shit film and Blue, Beel- Blue Beetle being a shit film because yeah. they're not going to be needed anymore. And, mm-hmm. I mean... I like the first Shazam. It had some good heart to it, and I've heard the Flash is, in quotations, good. Incredible, uh, yeah, huh? In yeah, incredible, incredible. I've like, heard some great didn't, things. Then James Gunn also. I think James Gunn also tweeted that it was the greatest superhero movie of all time. Like
0: he did, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, sure. He's hyping this up, Um yeah. because it's probably not going to make its money back.
0: Well, it's like Look, it's the greatest first well, four, I don't know how how much it costs. It probably. Yeah, did cost a shit ton. Um, but do you think like by the direction so far from the lineup, do you think they'll be able to turn the ship around for uh DC?
1: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I think, I think there's a great opportunity here, especially if they're going to do some really fun stuff. Like the fact that it's a, it's not just Green Lanterns. It's, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a cop lantern show. I'm, I'm in. Sign yeah. me up. That's uh, wicked. On the series, if they just yeah, do yeah go, no go ahead, go
0: ahead I think on the series front they got something way better than m c u that would just mm. wanted to expand on certain characters mm-hmm. and maybe introduce some new ones. I feel like here mm-hmm. you just have spin off stuff like Paradise Lost uh, maybe that's like the introduction to the new Wonder Woman or whatever. I could see that, but it could be its own thing um the suicide squad stuff we get two shows still a- a- attached to that. could be like its own thing that's that's like not really that important overall, but it's just like good fun. Lanterns is something unique. Uh, There's a uh, good
1: chance DC is going to do it backwards. They're going to introduce a whole bunch of different worlds Mm. and a whole bunch of different concepts and then bring them all together in a multiverse movie instead of introducing a multiverse and then showing all these worlds like Marvel's doing. So there's a good chance that they can just do whatever the hell they want and then they can be like, let's have the Lanterns buddy cop movie team up with Warla and let's yeah. have them cross over in a crossover universe or something so there there is a massive massive opportunity here for dc to get its own footing in the cinema space of being the company that doesn't have a cinematic universe it has yeah cinematic universes
0: plural uh, so you plural. like do you think with the elsewhere world stuff uh, or do you just mean within the slate that they have with gods and monsters there's gonna be different universes.
1: Yeah, I don't think everything's gonna be in the same universe. I don't think oh, okay. it, I think it's all gonna be separated. I don't I, I, I really I, I hope they it's don't do it be... as a as a connected universe. Because uh, then I they think... can just do whatever they want. Then they can I think ins- what then they... they can ask Henry Cavill to come back.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I feel like he's not totally out. We can definitely uh maybe he's back in He some might not be totally form. out. I mean, they, they want to have it connected. I know one of the quotes was, like, they want the, the comics, the games, the TV shows, the films mm-hmm, all to have, like, mm-hmm. the same voice or, like, you know, the, the person who is the character in the films should voice acted in the game and stuff like that, uh, which I think it's just continuity for the character, not necessarily for the universe. I feel like you could yeah. still go a bit wider there, but I, I think they're going to keep it pretty simple and um not like stay within the same universe for gods and monsters and in dc Elseworlds is clearly something different um but i don't know maybe like i feel like after joker 2 we're definitely done with that s- series of films i don't think we'll get a third one with the batman i'm not too sure but uh i think it's also going to be the last one that we get from that side of things or they could continue doing elseworld films if they're I think the the point of entry, I think, is what... I don't know if James Gunn talked about it specifically, but yeah.
1: Because really those Elseworld right? films are character-driven. Yeah. is excellent because of Joaquin Phoenix's performance. Yeah. And as good as the Batman was as a technical marvel, I absolutely loved every single character in that. I loved Robert Pattinson's Batman. I loved uh, uh Penguin riddler like they were all wicked characters which yeah i don't think i can name a couple marvel i think I, I could probably name maybe a couple marvel films actually that have good characters the rest is mm-hmm. all just plot a to b yes yeah, that is they don't true. have that character connection that i would say the batman and joker definitely had
0: yeah i mean as much DC as i don't want to overall... praise todd phillips <laughs> i think dc overall is just a bit stronger when it comes to the relationship between the heroes and the antagonists yeah. or yeah. like the blend between where does the hero line begin where it's with the mcu it's so black and white uh and they've tried to toe the line and they've just miserably failed i feel like with like the multiverse of midness uh they've they failed to create like a, a character that is like antagonist hero antagonist it just didn't work uh and and james gunn is really good at that so i'm looking forward to it uh but yeah uh (laughs) gonna take a while until we dive into that universe but in the meantime let's uh talk about what we've been watching lachlan what have you been watching
1: well Obviously, I've been camping for the past two nights, so I've yeah. been away. Uh, fuck! I'm so knackered, eh? I've I've literally come <laughs> back from a couple hour drive and yeah. filming this, recording this, and my God, I and it's what nine forty five on a Sunday evening. I'm just, I'm. It's kicking me out. Uh-huh. All right. So, I have. Started watching Triangle of Sadness. It's the only, like, Mm. full feature-long film that I've tried watching or started watching this week and had to stop because I had to pack for camp and yada, yada, yada. Um, But I've gone on a binge of Oscar shorts because I was able to get my hands on pretty much much all of them. So Mm -hmm. let me just list them out for all of you. In no particular order and in no particular genre of short or animated short, The boy, Mm -hmm. the mole, the fox, and the horse. That's number one. And Ostrich told me the world is fake, and I think I believe it. Night Ride, An Irish Goodbye, The Red Suitcase, The Flying Sailor, and Mm -hmm. My Year of Dicks. (laughs) Nice. Uh, And I have to admit, they were all pretty damn good. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the standout in the animation department... Probably go to the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse. Mm-hmm. Stunning. It was absolutely yeah. stunning. The voice work, stunning. The story, stunning. Uh, the animation, stunning. It was. It was just a fantastic film. But also, and Osher has told me the world is fake, and I think I believe it. Is a wicked title as well. And yeah. also. A really fun film as well. It's also a local film. It's an Australian film by a guy mm-hmm. over in Queensland, Lachlan Pendragon. I think his name is, which sick name. Both both the first name and the last name. Like, come on, Lachlan Pendragon. That fucking sick. Um, <laughs> but and a, bit, um, of a dare, assume, bit of a
0: bias there, I assume. A bit of a bias. First dare. name at least. Yeah. First name.
1: Uh, but like, I, I'm probably gonna have to say the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse are gonna take the cake. They're gonna. They're gonna. Uh, it's gonna win. I think so as well. It's yeah. A pretty easy lock in there. I'm mm-hmm. um, the only one I haven't watched is Ice Merchants because I can't watch it in my country.
0: Really? YouTube is it blocked. Why? Yeah, it's The New Yorker block. blocks it. It was. I was able so to watch you. it in Switzerland uh, with no VPN. My VPN, VPN on. doesn't
1: work, so I've got ah. a VPN. We got to help you out yes, on that I because know. I think it's the Thank best you.
0: one by far by, from the really? animation front. I hope it oh, wins. Okay, cool. I think it's the best one. I think the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse might still win because it's more of that like charming pixar-esque thing although the, the voice lines seem like they could have been taken out of um like you know a 40 year old mom's place where there's inspirational quotes all over the walls uh the, the dialogue is a bit uh, like i don't know it, it works for a it's very cheesy it, it works for a uh like children's story come to a life through animation for that it's like really really beautiful uh but yeah what about uh, the, the live-action ones? Was there anyone that, uh, yes. anything that, that you like?
1: Now, I watched The Red Suitcase, An Irish Goodbye, Night Bride.
0: Mm-hmm. That's it.
1: Is, is that it? There's...
0: I think that's I it, can't, yeah. I didn't watch the other two. You haven't I? watched Hall Out, right? You haven't watched some of the, uh, the, the documentaries you haven't seen. So those are three of the uh, live-action shorts uh, in the narrative,
1: on the narrative side. Yeah. Sorry, I've got a watch list of all of the Oscar films that I've got to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, let me just fade them out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I can't get my hands on...
0: I think I sent you um... a bottle.
1: Yeah, you recently did.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. So I've still got to watch a couple, but out yeah. of all of them, uh... <laughs> I don't know what the fuck Night Ride was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 I was watching it was it going, so "What's going on in this film? It's just yeah. going everywhere." Uh, uh-huh. But I'll probably say that "Red Suitcase" was was honestly it kept me on my seat a little bit. The, the, mm-hmm. the, the suspension and the tents was there, and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, and it's, it's also it's about quite a, a like depressing a, film at the same time. It
0: is right. It's it's about a woman who wants, I think, an Iranian woman who wants to uh, we sent yeah, off until at she an lands. Airport. Exactly.
1: Yeah, and she's waiting for her red suitcase, and uh, someone's there to pick her up,
0: a future husband, and she doesn't want to. Yeah. 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 Future it, it, it's husband really that she brilliant. didn't pick. Exactly. It's, yeah.
1: it's it's very dark. It's very dark, mm-hmm. and um, unfortunately, it's something that does happen. Uh, and yeah. it's a great way of you know, charming a light to it by making it a film, and it's it's mm-hmm. honestly spectacular. It's a really good little short film. Uh, yeah. But the Irish goodbye.
0: <laughs> so pleasing was
1: was was very fun. <laughs> yeah, was very fun. Maybe maybe we're I coming
0: off that. of a of a year of good Irish content with the Banshees of Inisherin, yes. and I was like, yes, this is just like different, but I like it so much as well. Uh, um, yeah.
1: so it was a fun little short film. Yeah, that honestly had this little heart to it. Uh, that I couldn't kick. Uh, it was it was fun. I really enjoyed it. So, um, yeah. Right now, that's currently my favorite short of. The year of Oscar shorts I've still got to catch up. I've still got to watch a good like uh what fifteen films
0: oh wow, okay, yeah, I mean a couple of them I assume are still the shorts, uh but still there's, there's, yeah, some, there's a few. most of them
1: are shorts, most of them are international, and then it's just like Bardo yeah, Puss in Boots and like the documentaries, which i I've, mm-hmm. I've only watched one of the documentaries Fire
0: so. of Love yeah
1: fire of love and i absolutely love it so yeah
0: that one could totally i mean it's gonna it be ha- well. it's
1: gonna be hard to beat fire of love i'll tell you that right now yeah if there's a short if there's a doc- doco that beats my my current love for fire of love i'll be impressed
0: yeah i don't think uh, beauty and the bloodshed might be uh, like that's the only one i could see that it maybe uh, overtakes it also like in the oscar race but i have watched all of them Other than EO, and EO is in theaters, I've just been like still here. I've just been too lazy to head to another... Well, it's in like a a theater in another town uh, that's pretty far from from me, and I I would be done with it because I kind of want to do a video going over all of the nominations. Uh, So I gotta do that at some point uh, to close out, uh, I guess, my preparation for the Oscar nominations. But I'm almost done. One more to go, and then I've seen them all. I even watched tell it like a woman which was a horrible film that got nominated for the best song by a person who's been nominated eight uh yeah eight years out of the ten out the last ten and all of the movies are always horrible she's just really good at campaigning don't even want to say her name to give her a shout out because i think it's really really annoying that her films always get in there uh or uh, songs at least um but yeah, that's what, what you've been watching. I watched a whole bunch of stuff. I don't know how to make this interesting other than me just rattling on about so many films. So I guess I'm, I'm going to uh, do it thematically. Um, I'm working on a, a live stream where I go over the 128 highest grossing movies of all time in a bracket. And I finished out uh, watching the films that I hadn't seen, uh, including... Uh Madagascar 4, uh 3. I I think I've seen it before, but I don't remember seeing it. Uh the Chumanji, the next level. I hadn't seen E.T. before, so I watched that. Uh Despicable Me 2 and 3. Um, and then the, the Battle of Lake Chang uh, Some of the Chinese films got in here. I think another one was High Mom, which was an abysmal film. I really hated it. Uh, but I'm done now. I'm ready. And uh, that live stream, I think, is happening up. Maybe it has already happened by the time this episode come, comes out. So go check it out on my YouTube channel if you're interested. Doing the same thing for M Night Shyamalan's filmography, uh, and I guess I can already leak you my ranking of his fifteen films that I've seen. So, like, and this might be interesting to you as well. Maybe you, I don't know you haven't seen all of them, but I had two. Weird days where I watched uh, like four M Night Shyamalan movies a day, (laughs) and and it it was it was was a a weird day. I looked around and thought everything was like I don't know the the plants looked the plants looked um, weird to me. I didn't trust my grandparents anymore. Someone was knocking at my cabin. It it was just uh, I saw all kinds of signs and it honestly kind of broke me. Uh, But um, let's give you a. Uh, list from uh, least uh, from worst to best of all the M. Night Shyamalan films uh, I've seen now and for me uh, it goes as follows at the bottom we got The Last Airbender followed by The Visit then Lady in the Water, Old After Earth, Wide Awake, Praying with Anger The Happening, Glass The Sixth Sense, The Village, Signs Knock at the cabin, split, and unbreakable. So, my list, I think, is pretty controversial by uh, you could see it by Lachlan's reaction because I do have the sixth rank, uh, sixth uh, sense at sixth place in (laughs) in my overall ranking. And it's the one that I didn't rewatch for this uh, movie Marathon. So, that might be it. But I think it's like also hindered by me knowing the twist uh, of that film. Like for years, and then seeing it unfold wasn't as uh i guess riveting and um captivating to me as I anticipated, and I just had a bit more of a better time with the other films in here but uh yeah Lachlan w- w- uh, do you have a favorite uh, M. Night Shyamalan film or is it just the sixth sense
1: uh the last airbender
0: <laughs> of course you do oh, I also watched uh the first season of avatar the last Airbender because, uh, like uh, that's what's uh depicted in the out. last airbender. They wanted to do a trilogy, um, you know, and I they never got to do a sequel. I would say
1: my favorite M. Night Shyamalan movie is probably The Sixth Sense. I do yeah. enjoy that. Because I got mm-hmm. to watch it, and I didn't have the, the twist spoiled for me, so I just am lucky in yeah. that part. But I also really love Signs. I really, mm-hmm. really love Signs. I would say there's a very signs close contender. I would mm-hmm. probably just, it'd probably just depend on the day. I'd probably pick Signs as my favorite as well. i just it's random. It just changes, but um, yeah. I'm I got the happening way higher that, than a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. The happening well. is quite high. The village is quite. Uh, I mean, the village isn't that bad. I, I,
0: I like the village quite a bit. And then knock at the cabin. Uh, being in my top three, I think it's also another standout because that movie, uh, opened not like with a too receptive audience. I'd say I think it got like a mm. C a cinema score. Uh, which I mean, I mean overall, I guess it is still a horror film, and those tend to um, come in at a, a bit of a lower score. And uh, I think it's just, it was just like a fun movie. We we ended up not because we took off last week. This was not the movie uh, we ended up focusing on. But Dave Batista just gives a really uh, great performance. Um, the more I think about it, I think I'm, I'm less positive on. But I honestly, apart from Unbreakable, maybe Split, don't couldn't say that i really like any of his films i am more of an M. Night Shyamalan hater if i'm being honest uh but yeah this was certainly an experience and in the live stream we'll put these up against each other in bracket form so maybe this will shake out a bit differently uh when i have to put them um yeah in one (laughs) the ones um and not just in a ranked form but um that's what i've been watching partly I teased it, Luckland. I did watch an entire seven season series. Can uh, I guess that's the, uh, I mean I was the guess it's pretty obvious yeah?
1: it's New Girl, right?
0: It is New Girl, yeah. I, I finished that show last night and it's such a comfort show and it came to me in a perfect way because I was like sick with a with like cough, with like um just a cold, and then that shifted into um like a stomach buck that I had and then my back got fucked up so i've just just been sick for like 2 weeks now and i couldn't do much work so what i ended up doing is just like chilling on the couch and putting on uh that series and uh yeah uh swift uh little watch through the show um it's interesting because so uh, DeJanelle is like the titular new girl in that show and i think she's by far the worst character in it like i really really don't like her at all in this um but yeah it's also uh, a bit weaker when it comes to the later seasons and it's never like truly great the reason i ended up watching it is because i saw it on my tiktok feed a bunch with certain clips and i was like oh this looks really fun um but even within the context of the show those moments when i saw them weren't as funny as they were just randomly popping on my feed uh, feed so i don't know if it was worth <laughs> watching uh seven seasons of it but uh that's that um what else? Uh, something that's truly horrible. Well, Ma, I ended up uh, closing out uh, season one just so I can tell everyone to not see it. It's really not worth it. It's, it's horribly bad. Uh, it really is one of the worst uh, shows I've seen in a while. Um, and it's, I think it's even worse than like Emily in Paris, that pretty bad like animated show on Netflix called Hoops. Uh, what else have I seen that's really bad? And uh, I think that's pretty much it. it it's, just, it's just so, so bottom of the barrel shit that uh it's it's a pity that it got so much attention from the hate alone and will maybe even get a season two just because of that but um yeah a bit of a, a let down i finished the last of us part one that i finished it a while ago but i guess uh yeah it's been a while since we last saw each other and i mean now that we're in the midst of the series i don't want to say like my spoiler thoughts on the ending here just yet but i i can say that i have really enjoyed the journey uh i really like where it ends up Uh, it's it's so interesting character wise and i can't wait to see it uh unfold on the small screen on hbo which i think by the way you haven't seen the the latest episode just came out on friday you've probably been camping so i assume you haven't seen it yet right haven't seen it yet no so we're not going to talk about it
1: where i was i had no reception i was going to stream it but the spot we yeah. were at literally had no reception.
0: Uh, Well, I can already tell you a lot of people raved about episode three. I think the last time we recorded, it was just before episode three aired. So we hadn't even had time to talk about that. But a lot of people had really strong reactions out of that episode. I thought it was pretty solid. Mm. Uh, but this one was my favorite so far. Uh, The best episode of the series um, to me. And wow. I can't wait for more. Uh, it was really captivating. Saw so the introduction uh, of uh, two characters, uh, Sam and uh, Henry, and yeah, that was great. Uh, okay, last but not least, and uh, well, not not really last. I'm just teasing you. I uh, saw so missing the sequel to Searching. That's um, not really uh, like tied to it directly, but it's like that um, almost gimmick film, you know, where you stay on a screen and it's it's not as strong as Searching was. If you've seen that film. Uh, but it's it's fairly entertaining um, so um, give it a stream once it is out on streaming I wouldn't go out to the theater to go see it and then out on Apple TV Plus uh, there's somehow still an embargo up for it although all it is already out in theaters is the A24 produced uh, Sharper which is this like type of heist uh, film uh, with Sebastian Stan um, and a bunch of uh, Justice Smith, a bunch of uh, fun actors in there, uh, with twists and turns, a la M Night Shyamalan. Um, it told in like different chapters where we focus on a different character and get a get a, another perspective, um, to see like the stories unfold. I thought it was really fun. Um, so go give that a try. Uh, I think it's out uh, later this week on Apple TV Plus, and then now last and least, and also surprisingly great is Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, I haven't had a, a lot of time to play it because I've been streaming uh, my process with it. I only had time to stream it once so far, uh, but it's uh, it's fun. It's so much more it's fun good? than I thought it would be. Yeah, <laughs> it I get really it? is good. I think it's worth getting. Uh, it, if you're not even uh, if you're like that interested in Harry Potter overall, I think it, it's just uh, a great game. So I mean, I'm only about seven hours in, uh, but. So far, it's, it's really been a lot of fun. Uh, but that's that. More than enough of what I've been watching next week. Hopefully, I'll, I'll slow down a bit. Oh, yeah, I also watched Magic Mike. I hadn't seen those two films. And the new ones in theaters, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll talk about... I haven't seen the latest one, Last Dance, yet. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about that next week. But that's it. So let's get to uh, The Whale from Darren Aronofsky. A reclusive English teacher suffering from severe obesity attempts to reconnect with his estranged teenage daughter for one last chance at redemption. That's The Whale from uh, A24, co-produced with the acclaimed director Darren uh, Darren Aronofsky, who makes films that are always in discussion. Some people love them, some people hate them. Sometimes you go from loving to hating them. It's always a discourse, so it's always fun to talk about the latest film from Darren Aronofsky. Uh, you can see that the critics weren't, like, the biggest fan of it. Over on Metacritic, it's got a 60. Uh, but if you look at IMDb, it's an 8, and on Letterboxd, a 3.7. So from that crowd, it's it's certainly a bit more appreciated. Uh, it had a budget of $3 million and made a return of 17.5. So it did, yeah, only $3 million, exactly, Lachlan. So it did uh, make its money back wow. and um, it spawned the renaissance of the one and only Brendan Fraser, who's been getting a lot of love over on social media and has now uh, gotten a Oscar nomination as well for his lead performance. Uh, we also got Hong Chao Oscar nominated for her um, supporting role and I think it also got a makeup nomination. So Racked In Free. Nominations overall from the Oscars. Uh, I think that's also its strongest points: those two performances and the makeup. But lachlan what did you make of the film overall?
1: What an incredible feat of acting, storytelling, and just overall movie making! My God, yeah. it is this. This film is a testament to how simple a film can be and how mm-hmm. powerful that simplicity in just good writing and good performances and and a good direction as well can be because this film is so simple at its core. It's, you know, from its its technical standpoint, it's just locked off camera shots or a camera shot on a dolly moving around and never breaking the 180 degree rule because Mm -hmm. it's filmed as if it was the stage play. You kind of only get one side, and that's interesting. And it it does break that and does show you different areas of the apartment. But Mm. for the most part, if you're in that main room with the kitchen and the living room, you're really only ever facing one way, and that is just uh, an incredible feat to just kind of keep it that way. So to, to break it down simply, like, I was excited to see this film, but, man, I was blown away by it. By the end, mm-hmm. I was just—I immediately downloaded the screenplay. Uh, I started reading it, and I'm making my way through it as we speak. Um, yeah. I read it a little bit whilst camping. Uh, it, it's spectacular. It's 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 phenomenal. It's it's such a fun fun movie in in the sense that it's fun in the like the traditional Marvel movie way, but it's fun as someone who loves movies to watch something so simple. And something so cheap. $3 million? Are you yeah. freaking kidding me, bro? That's such a cheap film. And mm-hmm. I hope Brendan Fraser succeeds and gets this Oscar because it is mm-hmm. well-deserved and he deserves the praise he gets because I love seeing actors go from this particular character. Like like Dave Batista is a great example of going from mm-hmm. a wrestler to this performing actor who's taking some very interesting roles. Um, Brendan Fraser is a great example. A man who took some very daring roles and, you know... Well, didn't always Now land. takes very daring roles, didn't always yeah. land, and now he's taking some roles like this. And, you know, he became that, you know, the, the, the 90s, early 2000s heartthrob. He dropped off the face of the earth and he's come back and he's done this. Like, come on, man. This is absolutely, like, world craft... Uh, sorry. This is absolutely world-class filmmaking at its finest
0: yeah i mean i'm i'm uh a sucker for uh simple story conversational type of movies that are theater adaptations uh one of my favorite films from i think it was 2020 or 20 no i think it was 2020 with one night in miami uh that was one that that i really enjoyed uh so Imagine this is <laughs> yes it's all set in one space in in, in a swamp um, which, by the way, I, fi- I I assume to have at least one cameo by Shrek in the DCU film Swamp Thing. Yes. I would be really disappointed if we don't get, like, a donkey and Shrek in that. But, uh, no, uh, it, it, it works surprisingly well. Some of the critiques I've seen from it is, like, first of all, that he's in a fat suit. And I was like, <laughs> are you expecting Christian Bale, Daniel Day-Lewis type of commitment to your own, like... I don't know that's just a weird criticism to have for that that like you couldn't I don't know I don't know what the critique is overall I feel like it's just outcry without like an actual like good direction I I get where it's coming from where like Aronofsky is like uh making it not as serious uh, where it could appear as if it's a, a punchline in some ways of but I feel like it's a really serious movie Al- although it has like some um uplifting moments and it's overall kind of uh, hopeful, although it is really morbid. Um, I don't think it, it, it is, like, wrong that way. Like, it, do- it doesn't do much wrong in, in that aspect to me. Uh, and it comes through just by Brendan Fraser, who is really uh, just mesmerizing to see here because you can't take his eyes off of him. But he's such a train wreck. Um, and it, it's not just, uh, watching someone do bad stuff to himself just because he's been hurt, but there, there's a bit more to it. There's a bit more history to it. And it's really stagey. you know, a lot of the stuff is overall over the top and it definitely comes through in, um, the supporting, uh, performances here that kind of come in and add to add sauce to a really big ham uh, <laughs> whale you know you gotta you gotta add a bit of spice in there and then it's all neatly uh eaten up but um especially hong Chau, who uh also got the oscar nomination i think she's the standout to me for a character that works really well um to i guess show more of uh i don't even know what the charlie's charlie's side um what did you think about sadie sink as ellie as his daughter in the mix? Right.
1: She was awesome. Uh, Sadie was incredible, uh, mm-hmm. showing off her acting chops in this film. Uh, yeah, as much as Sadie was good, I I agree that Hong was just, just absolutely spectacular as well, taking the taking the uh the cake, especially getting that uh supporting actress nom as well. Really yeah. shows how good that performance was. But Sadie really compliments Brendan's performances in this film. Like mm-hmm. it, they two just. Bounce off each other and flow really well. And yeah. I have to admit, it does come down to the screenplay. I'm, I am reading it and I am remembering the scenes. And I I have to agree that it 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 starts there. The bounciness of the two going at each other is it is there. Um, mm. But the the visual side of it, the actual putting it on screen, the emotion coming from their face, coming from their eyes, coming from you know, the tone of their voice, that's them and they are doing a spectacular job. An absolutely yeah. spectacular job with it. Um, Sadie, you know, she's kind of come out of nowhere, uh, especially with Stranger Things, and yeah. I am excited the to later see season as well goes. Um, mm-hmm. She's a spectacular actress. I am very excited to see her career. Um, this is a good starting point for her. This is a good kind of this is a this is a hard film. Like mm-hmm. you know, you don't expect. I mean, the other uh, Thomas as well, Ty Simpkins. You know, he's yeah. only been in two of the smallest performing series of all time: uh, Avengers Endgame and <laughs> Jurassic Park. Uh, yeah, sorry, Jurassic World. I should say, but. Mm-hmm. You know, he also came out, and I had no quarrels with his performance. There's not a single performance yeah. in this film. Even the singular scene that Mary is in, Sadie's oh, my and previous partner, is yeah. hardcore. Like, Samantha Morton is just... amazing. Yeah, Oh, my God. That was, it to was me, just... the
0: standout moment of the film, uh, apart from the ending, which uh, I don't know how much we want to get into spoilers but essentially the outline of the film is that's not even much of a spoiler is that we have seven days with Charlie before he dies and he dies we know that happens you know I think that's stated at the start of the film if I'm not completely mistaken pretty sure that's like uh, it's, it's been a while I well, haven't if he seen go it to since the hospital.
1: if he doesn't go to the hospital he's dead
0: exactly yeah we, we get that and um, it's been a while for me I haven't had the chance to rewatch it yet because it is not out for me just yet here in switzerland wow um, yeah it's coming soon though but it's been a while I, I mean for me i've seen this film like six months ago now uh but it still is like some of the moments especially the the ending thing the repeated things uh and, and you know you've been reading the script as well um you can kind of see the the seats being uh sewn early on um the way that it returns I don't know how it was for you. It is kind of cheesy in the way that it's like set up and then pay off, but it worked so well for the emotional resonance and just the character dynamics where it just like overflows at some point. And it, it, to me, it was like really beautiful. It, it worked so well. All of the hurt that is just like tangled up in this uh, daughter that uh, has a lot of hate for her dad, but only the hate that he wasn't able to give love and be present present. So all of it comes through compassion that it's just turned into hatred. Uh hatred for no, like Jolly's hatred isn't even really there. It's all coming back onto him, although he has a lot of reasons to be hateful towards people. And he ultimately turns that around in something to something positive, which I found just to be like really uh memorable and really um inspiring in a sense. And uh yeah, especially you know, the the, the whale has um, a narrative, not just like because he's big like a whale. Uh, it also is part of the, what is it, like Moby Dick? Or what does he read again?
1: Well, he reads an essay. So I guess oh, the, yeah. the, the first thing you're introduced to with this film is that essay. It's the first thing that introduces exactly. Thomas and, and Charlie together. Uh, when Charlie is caught having a heart attack while masturbating to gay porn, uh, mm-hmm. To calm down, he gets this Mormon born-again Christian door-knocking guy to read him a paragraph from an essay mm-hmm. um, about Moby Dick and then how the, I guess, the writer of this essay was interpreting the novel Moby Dick about exactly. how it's the writer expressing himself as a lover of men uh, and also how he wastes time about chapters of Wales that was just trying to tiptoe around the subject. I think that's the mm-hmm. gist of it. I can't remember off the top of my head exactly what the quote is. But, um, yeah. it, 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 like, that's, at first you're like, what the fuck is this? And it keeps coming up and keeps coming up. Mm-hmm. He reads it to himself. He's just, you know, says it out, out loud in his head without even having to look at it. He's memorised it. He knows this. And it's like, what's the importance of this? And mm. I guess at first you think it's uh, obviously his past previous partner, uh, yeah. his boyfriend, uh, mm. who passed away. And that's what made him this recluse, uh, recluse, obtuse person. I just made a cool sentence there. Uh, obtuse <laughs> being large of the Yes, yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I just did that off the top nice. of my head. Nice. Um, this recluse, obtuse man. Uh because of his boyfriend passing. Mm-hmm. It go, okay, cool, that's gotta be it. Then there's obviously this because uh, obviously we're talking about the ending here at this point. There's this yeah. build-up of Let's just spoilers. Sadie Sink yeah. saying you should stand up and come over here. And yeah. he can't get up. So there's mm-hmm. multiple things and and like you can say it's cheesy. But the thing is, there's multiple things getting in his way. One physical thing stopping him from essentially embracing his daughter and mm-hmm. just a mental thing. And that's just his psychological yeah. stance where he is right now. Um, mm-hmm. that, like that, That's the fun part. And this is, this is Darren Aronofsky coming in here because there is no better director at making you think about life than Darren Aronofsky
0: yeah I think most effectively he does it in something like Requiem for a Dream I think that one made me think about life and death and there's a lot of like drugs and sex and whatever and there's a lot of like characters that just basically tell you right to the screen you know what they're thinking in a sense that's a lot of the narrative kind of drives that way And, and this like you said is also layered in that um he has lost his uh partner, which made him um like dive into his uh obsessive eating disorder but there's also the first step that he needed to like that he did to even get with his partner partner he left his other family so now that he has passed there's like layers of shame and guilt that he feels that he can't yeah. escape from, and you just get like the representation of his daughter that is there that is so so aggressively also um you know, confronting him with with the mistakes that he made, uh, he's just like stuck in a loop. And getting trying to get out of this loop uh, is is so incredibly hard for mental health and also just physical health standpoints. uh, To to see him not get there, obviously, but in some way at least emotionally get there, I found was really touching. I, I really liked it. And Aronofsky doesn't shy away from depicting something that's really uncomfortable. I think uh we haven't uh, mentioned it yet but i think the, the soundscape the sound design is always really effective his his stuff is uh oftentimes louder than it actually would be in real life he emphasizes mm. on that stuff and in this it's just like the, the eating feels like it's it's torture you know he's torturing yeah. himself and um yeah uh, it's i mean it's amazing i, I really liked it the
1: sound of waves throughout the entire film yeah as well in the background is is mm-hmm. just like this very mental thing and you're like oh is that a wave and it makes you think and there's mm-hmm. just so many smart choices that he's made with every single technical part of this film and i'm still caught up on the fact that this was made on 3 million dollars like yeah i don't know if that number's correct of it,
0: i just googled it I, if it is i
1: mean I'm, I'm i'm impressed because that's a tiny amount to, and, and that and that really goes to show you don't need a lot to make a film yeah. excellent. Now I'm not saying this is the greatest film of all time, but to no. be so simple, to be so basic, like like I'm not gonna lie, like Apocalypse Now is a great film and that was made with a lot more money, but that's also got a lot more going on. But at the same time, this film tells a very similar story of mental struggle uh, yeah. with accepting yourself also trying to embrace another person uh, because that's what Charlie is trying to do at the end of the day. He's not trying to save himself for the world. He's trying to save himself for one person in the world and that's his daughter. And he says that with the money that he saved up, you know, he's got over a hundred thousand dollars ready to drop for her and he's not willing to spend a cent on it because it's for her. And, you know, it's a selfless act that he does, and he yeah. finally comes around to accepting that you know this is the daughter, and she accepts him, and it's in this last moment, and it's very similar to Requiem for a dream there's just mm-hmm. this build up and this follow through of a set up from earlier in the film, and it's just this breaking of that mental barrier and that physical barrier, and it's just this incredible scene, there's that little saucy you know, unrealistic sort of looking up and floating moment, but it didn't kill the realism for me. I thought this film was still, you know, it didn't take me out. You know, if I saw someone in like Mm a, you know, if I saw someone in a gangster film, like do this, probably Mm -hmm. wouldn't think it's like very, uh, very good artistic choice, but it's a very, very smart artistic choice. that Aronofsky's done with the death of Charlie at the end. So, spoiler alert: that I told you, Charlie actually does die, and you see it. Well, mm-hmm. do you see it? I mean, yeah, you do see it. It kind of he, he, yeah.
0: he like yeah, he floats up. He I mean, it's it's uh, it's a figure, and right then it's think.
1: just like a final shot of the three of them on a beach. Yeah, and you just and then yeah. you, and and that build up is there, and then it could have just cut to credits, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It cuts to that shot, and mm-hmm. you sit there in the cinema, and you go. What the fuck yeah
0: i, I, I was I, I, yeah. What do I
1: think what do i think
0: uh-huh it, it was one of the two films the other one i think just came out as well which is the sun uh that had a which had me just leaving because i thought the ending was really bad and a lot of people just like sniffling and crying and this one i saw a lot of people around me just also going oh shit okay okay we're done with this film now i am crying that was beautiful and I had the same reaction i think the ending was was just super touching um On the topic of budget, by the way, this is, I think, his cheapest movie that he made. You wouldn't believe the second cheapest that he made. Do you want to guess? There's one that he made for four and a half million. It is Requiem for four and a half million. Uh, Really impressive. Then The Wrestler at six million. Black Swan 13. Mother, his last film, cost 30 million. Only made 44 and a half back. So he was working on a smaller budget after not really making the return because as you know mm. you need a bit of uh, like double to to make a return on it and then uh his uh his his, his epic biblical drama film Noah you want to guess uh, uh, like in what ballpark that was budget wise i haven't seen that budget
1: wise is it is it yeah. 100 mil
0: it, it's 125 to 60, uh, 160 million but it also made 360 million at the box
1: office yeah so but that's a big blockbuster like There's a lot of CGI shots in those, so that's where your money's going to. And Mother had a very similar thing, a lot of CGI shots. Exactly. Here's the thing. Where's the CGI in this one? There's not. All the money went into the fat suit.
0: Exactly. And he's a producer on this as well, so he should make a bit of a return on it, which I always Mm. like, again, money, most boring thing about films, but it's uh, it's great to see someone investing. And then it it is so important. And overall, like, you know, When Mother fails, uh, he's not able to do another Noah next. No. Probably not. That's also with, like, Night Shyamalan, since his fail with The last Airbender, he had to do a lot of stuff through his own production company, Knock at the Cabin. Also produced by him, distributed by uh, Universal, but his production company. So he bears a lot of, like, the risk if this doesn't hit. Um, Same with, like, Old, when that came out. Uh, I think ever since the visit he he had to like do that. So it's interesting to see like that how it impacts the type of stories that filmmakers can tell. And you can clearly see that Aronofsky is an incredible filmmaker who uh can uh you know wrestle with that. <laughs> wrestle with a whale uh and be the black swan. Um whatever I just think movie title. He's on un- un- esterm- uh, under-
1: oh, the Esther under Underappreciated. Underappreciated and just overall, people just doubt that he, you know, yeah, you know, he made some really good movie back in the day. *Requiem for a Dream*, and it, he's never reached that. I reckon *The Whale* is, I reckon *The Whale* is his best film.
0: Overall, like total. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I think, think I have whale *Requiem* still first. higher there, uh, but and I haven't seen. I yeah, will have Swan to go myself. back.
1: I'll have to go back and rewatch yeah. *Requiem* before I like lay that in concrete. But mm-hmm. I will I will say right now that I reckon it's his best.
0: Well, where do you end up as a rating for the whale then?
1: I gave it a four out of five. Um, yeah. Where I think of a Requiem as a reference. Just as reference, Ewan, so you know what I've got yeah? Requiem at.
0: I assume it's going to be a four and a half.
1: Oh, wait, my keyboard. I turned my keyboard off. Hang on.
0: <laughs> Did you take your keyboard with you on the trip as well?
1: No, I didn't take my <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> oh, lag. Okay, where did I give requiem? I never gave it a score in Letterboxd. I must have just gone. Th- I didn't watch it before I had Letterboxd. All right. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to go back and do that. Uh, let's give requiem yeah. right now the same score Four Jared Leto's out of five.
0: Ah, uh, that's more than enough, Jared Leto's. Uh, for me, I, I think uh, when I watched it in Venice, I gave it a four and a half out of five. Um, thinking about it now, I think it's closer to a four than a four and a half. So I'll stick with that as well. Uh, so a four out of five from me, if it's playing near a theater you, uh, near you, uh, go check it out. Bring some snacks, uh, although you won't be hungry after watching it. And uh, instead, bring some, um, bring some uh, tissues, probably. For all that gay porn. <laughs> no, for crying. Anyways, that's it for our review today. Luckily, if you had to pair The Whale up with another movie, what would that be for the double feature of the week?
1: Well, obviously, The Whale is about accepting and releasing yourself into the wild of yeah. the world. So, Free Willy is my double feature. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay well sticking with the theme of uh of whales i guess then um Thank i'm you. just going with uh, really easy with the last film from aronofsky uh mother i recently watched that for the first time um late last year and i had a great time with it i think it's one of the films that is even more uh i guess uh controversial in the the differing opinions that come out of it uh, i ended up quite liking it there's a lot of people who hate it so I'd love for some more people to go give that a try because it also was kind of a flop at the box office. Uh, so give it a watch. If you enjoyed The Whale, you'll probably end up liking uh, mother as well.
1: Do you yeah, know Mia on? Goth's full name is not just Mia Goth?
0: What's her full name?
1: It's Mia Gypsy Gothic? Mello De Silva Goth.
0: <laughs> you are kidding. Her middle Mia name is Gypsy? Gypsy?
1: Melo da Silva Goth.
0: Who's the father? Kanye West? Or was that name's so fucking weird?
1: That's a sick name.
0: That is I a sick name. I thought Mia Goth was a like... cool
1: name, but that's way cooler. Is Sorry, she, didn't is she to stop you wh- there.
0: No, it's all good. Is she um where's she from? Is she American or is she British she's, or Australian?
1: She's uh English. She's from London, uh, she's England.
0: English. Right. Well, I, I also I didn't get to talk about that, but I did see Infinity Pool. Um, so that was fun. Yeah, I, I liked yeah? it. I liked it quite a bit. It's yeah, crazy. It's, it is pretty it. crazy. Um, and Skin of as well, which I wasn't and mother big mother is
1: Brazilian while her father is Canadian. Oh, okay. Uh, she has that the Anya
0: Taylor-Joy type of, you know, versatility with an Argentinian parent. I don't know on what side and then British. Anyways, uh, lots of great actresses uh, working uh, in <laughs> the film space. I don't know. Anyways, out in theaters now is uh, the third Magic Mike film uh, called A Last Dance as well as Titanic on the re-release. The film I mentioned previously, Sharper, uh, is out in theaters now and on Apple TV Plus on um, February 17th. And then on that date, we are getting the third Ant-Man film. It's crazy that that movie has three films in it. Uh, no Edgar Wright anywhere in sight since the first one, Um, and I'm still hung up about it. Peyton Reed is doing the third in that series, and we get Jonathan Matris as Khan, a tiny Khan in the quantum mania space. So we'll see. I'll see it uh, on the day that this episode comes out. Uh, maybe it will be our main topic of the week. Maybe we'll choose something else, but definitely we'll be talking about that uh, in the next episode. So in the meantime, don't forget to fill out. Uh, in the meantime, don't forget to fill out those uh, Oscar. Uh, prediction contest, uh, Google form things, uh, to win a year of Letterboxd uh, Pro. Then follow us on all of our socials, they are linked below. And uh, consider leaving a like and subscribing to the channel. We'll be back uh, next week with um, yeah, like I said, a yet to determined uh, topic. Uh, until then, uh, stay safe, eat healthy, and well, hopefully, you'll be around in seven days. Okay, don't eat too much, you'll be fine. <laughs>